I've got a problem. I've got the time that the British were the worst, I think, of all time. Wow. Yeah. This is the oh, big one. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is the big one. Welcome Hello. to Date Fight, and I'm feeling full of trepidation, don't know about you. Uh, it's where we take things that happen on this day in history, and invariably, they're terrible things the British did in the past. And if Nat's saying this is the worst one, this is going to be a bad day. Yep, bad day to be a Brit. He's Jake Yap, I'm Nat Tapley, and together we are rolling the stone away from the tomb of history to discover that it's empty within. Oh well, rather than heralding the rebirth of this podcast, it just means... There's a bad fact coming. I'm going to take you to the 13th of April, 1919, to the Bag Massacre, or as it used to be known more commonly, the Amritsar Massacre. Um, before that, during the First World War, there had been uh, a rise in Indian nationalism and independence because, obviously, lots of people were going to fight in the trenches from India and they didn't really see why they should have to do that, why they should have to have their trade disrupted and not um, have any any of the civil rights because the Defence of India Act said they couldn't meet anymore, you couldn't have political parties, you couldn't do all sorts of things. Um, so in 1916, the Lucknow Pact made sure the Hindus and the Muslims actually got together and started agreeing things, um, which the British saw as a hugely uh, dangerous development, leading to the 1990 Rollet Act, 1919, sorry, Rollet Act, which said, all of those civil liberties we took away for the First World War, we're going to keep taking them away and you're not getting them back. So there... So pretty much the whole of Lahore was out on the streets, they said. It was probably about 20,000 people for the first week of April to protest against this. Um, on the 10th of April, there was a protest at the home of Miles Irving, who was the Deputy commission deputy Commissioner of Amritsar, um, at which the uh, soldiers shot at the crowd. Um, on the 11th of April, um, Marcella Sherwood, a teacher, was beaten and left for dead on the road, and Colonel Dyer said, who was the military commander of the is area... That, is that Danny Dyer? It's Danny Dyer's dad. Yeah. yeah it's not yeah, Danny yeah. Dyer's dad. I just like yeah. saying Danny Dyer's dad. Hmm. We do. I was yeah. about to do him as Danny Dyer for the rest of this, but I think it's going to get really. Yeah, you, you'll, in you'll poor regret taste. it the minute you set off. Yeah, the minute you set off, you'll regret that. Go on then. Yeah. Uh, so Colonel Dyer said that uh, because Marcella Sherwood had been attacked on this street, every Indian male who was to go along that street was to go along on their hands and knees um, because they should oh, wow. essentially be uh, ashamed of what had happened there. On the 12th of April, they planned a peaceful protest against the uh, newly stringent authorities um, to meet at Jallianwala Bag. And Jallianwala Bag was a big garden in the middle of Amritsar. It was um, about six to seven acres, 200 yards by 200 yards. It had 10 foot tall walls around it. It was surrounded by buildings. Occasionally things were grown there. It was a meeting place. Um, and on the 13th of April in the morning, there was a festival, the festival uh, which they usually had a horse and cattle uh, market on the day of that festival. Uh, the horse and cattle market was, uh, the fair was closed down early by the police. Um, at which point there were sort of ten to 20,000 people milling around. They decided to go to the protests at Jallianwala Bag. Um, Colonel Dyer didn't try... They knew it was happening. They'd been told it was happening. They didn't try and stop people um, going to meet or protest in this place. They didn't tell them to disperse. What they did instead was blocked all the exits and opened fire with rifles. They'd fired 1,650 rounds, um, leading to at least hundreds of deaths, very possibly thousands of deaths, and um, it's generally seen as possibly the worst imperial massacre of 
the British Empire. Winston Churchill himself called it unutterably monstrous. And if Winston Churchill, who at this point was still suggesting gassing Kurds, called it unutterably monstrous, it was pretty Mm. bad. In fact, I will find for you his description. The crowd was unarmed, except with bludgeons. It was not attacking anybody or anything. When fire had been opened upon it to disperse it, it tried to run away. Binned up in a narrow place considerably smaller than Trafalgar Square, which, as we know, is the standard measurement unit for open ground for for the world, with hardly any exits and packed together, so that one bullet would drive through three or four bodies, the people ran madly this way and the other. When the fire was directed upon the centre, they ran to the side. I don't know why he's turning into Melvin Bragg. Uh, I don't know why. We also, uh, Robert Robinson. Uh, <laughs> to Mr. Was uh, that Britain yeah, Britain? Uh, was it? it was. <laughs> Just, uh, uh, it's you, Frank Muir. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> Arthur Luke. The fire was then directed to the side. I was Many... that. I've got him later on in the week, actually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Many threw themselves down on the ground. The fire was then directed down on the ground. This continued to eight to ten minutes and stopped only when the ammunition had reached the point of exhaustion. So that is what happened at Amritsar on the 30th of April 1919. It led to Rabindranath Tagore giving back his knighthood, um, who considered it his duty. Um, he said he couldn't... Uh, take an honour from anyone who was responsible for mass murder. Um, Dyer never regretted it. He defended himself. There was a commission. He said, I considered it my duty to fire on them and fire I and fire well. Um, he was quite proud of how many people he'd managed to kill that day. Um, mm. And he carried on being fine. There were no reprimands, really. He was passed over once for promotion, which he blamed on the massacre. And I suppose if you do do massacres, you've got to expect that maybe when promotion time comes around, someone else yeah. might get it. yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to my appraisal. <laughs> yeah, two days later, the Gujarati police did exactly the same thing again. Not exactly. It was only 12 people died that time rather than possibly 1,500. But um, it wasn't necessarily out of character for the English in India. And that's the story of... But that's, I think, the worst story we've got. So once you've heard that one, look at it this way. All the other stories oh, yeah? are going to be slightly less bad than that. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like, you know, if that represents 100 yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, the Mau Mau opening Mau. a bunny sanctuary is at zero, it, yeah. I feel like it's going to be nearer 100 than zero. That's yeah, the I mean, we would have scored fairly highly on, on most years. Yeah. Oh, great. Cool. Thanks, mate. Really, <laughs> feel, really nice feeling. Nice feeling. Um, well, I've got the 13th of April, 1970. Oh, and Tom Hanks is about to have a very bad day. An oxygen oh. tank aboard the Apollo 13 service module explodes, <gasps> putting the crew in great danger and causing major damage to the Apollo command and service module mm. while on its way to the moon. And mm. it was bad. They they had, had a problem, Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Uh and so they didn't have enough air, they didn't have enough air, it was absolutely terrifying, and they had to improvise um, the carbon <laughs> dioxide removal system. They were taking system. suggestions from... <laughs> right, we're going to improvise just to fill the time. Uh, yes, this is a you could have a profession, In please. the style of... <laughs> yes, could I have a household object, please? <laughs> and could I have a carbon dioxide filter, please? <laughs> um, it was cold, it was mm. wet, it was... Why was it wet? F- just... Dude... If you were in a space rocket heading for the moon and suddenly all your oxygen blew up, yeah, I think your capsule will be a bit wet too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm, I'm guessing probably condensation, like from yes. their own uh, breath, from the breath. And stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it was horrendous, and they they managed to improvise a solution. And uh, I love that it's, it says here, um, the astronauts' peril briefly renewed interest in the Apollo program. <laughs> Tens of millions watched the splashdown in the South Pacific Ocean on television, presumably before moving on to watch whatever else was on. <laughs> uh, the banana terrible. splits. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it'd be quite fun to um, what's been your Houston, we have a problem moment mm. <laughs> in your life. I don't, not awful things, like just fun stuff. Nobody wants, you know, what was the time on holiday where you suddenly realised, oh, I accidentally ate a sandwich with my passport in it or, you know, so, I don't know, something. So what things was where your... you were aware that there is a problem before you actually have to deal with the problem. Is that the... Yeah, some, yeah, you're right. Something, you suddenly the stage was set for a really terrible time for a bit. I would love to know that. Yes. Uh, you can send us a tweet. It's at yeah. date underscore fight. Facebook.com forward slash date fight. Uh, and you could, there you don't have to split it up into separate tweets. You can say as much as you want no, for as exactly. long as you want. Now, now is the time when we're going to celebrate the birth of Mr. Lou Bega, German recording artist whose album... Mambo, number five. A little bit of Mambo <laughs> went to number three in Germany and the US, number one in Austria, Canada, Finland, Hungary, Switzerland. His second album in 2001 did not do as well. <laughs> Mambo number six. Well, his other th- his other Mambos were Mambo number one, which was a list of his favourite cheeses. Mambo number two was cities in which he defecated. Mambo number three was just white noise. Mambo number four, in which he told the story of how he'd made number three. Uh, Mambo number six... No, Mambo number five was just a list of his victims. Mambo number six... <laughs> was winners of the Emmy for Best Supporting Actress in a Musical or Comedy Series. Uh, number seven was just screaming, and member number eight uh, was just listing all 365 days of the year. It was really well enough, I did by that point. <laughs> However, this, and this is actually true, in 2019, he released another single, and he released it with another 90s one-hit wonder, who I think I probably had confused with Lou Bega in my head. Can you guess... Who that might be, Jake Yap. No, it wasn't Jake Yap. Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> no, it was Scatman. Oh! He and the Scatman got together wow. and released a single, which I can only assume was called Scat and Mambo or something. I was Mambo number two, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, happy birthday, Mambus. Lou Bega, you German recording artist, you. Amazing. I saw him at the Radio 1 Christmas party. Oh, did you? Uh, did he have yeah, his fedora and- on? I was right at the front, I was drunk, I was the only one paying any attention. And uh, you know the song goes a little bit of Monica and, and I, I didn't I never knew how it went, so I, I always just chimed in after that with in my mouth. because um, I I thought that was a little bit of Erica in my mouth, a little bit of wheat. And um, he heard and he was quite entertaining anyway. Sure. Uh, I have a death for you, uh, 1941. Mm. Annie Jump Cannon. Mm. What a great name. Yeah. Uh, she was an American astronomer and uh, she was instrumental in the development of uh, stellar classification. Uh, she started working for a guy called Edward C. Pickering mm. uh, at the Harvard Observatory. Uh, he he set up a thing called the Harvard Computers, which is uh, a group exclusively of women um, to map and define every star in the sky. 
and uh, he said that she was the only person in the world uh, who can do this work so quickly. Oh. Uh, she was really cool. Uh, but she was. Check it? I mean, if she just said, "I saw loads of stars there," was anyone really going to go through? And go, I'm sure someone was checking. <laughs> I mean, maybe she's just a good liar. Oh wow! Uh, she was quite deaf for most of her life she she went deaf as a child um she was also a suffragist and a member of the national women's party and pretty cool yes annie jump cool. cannon annie jump cannon so when was she the, she was a computer she in was, the 20s was it uh i i guess so she was early. born in 1863 so, so earlier probably yeah probably early 1896 in fact she started there yeah. at the harvard computers brilliant very cool mm. So, so there. For more cool facts, join us tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but also, do 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 share your Houston. We have a problem moments. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm quite giddy with your excitement. Problems. And hopefully on Wednesday. Yes, we'll, let's do it on Wednesday. We'll uh, we'll read some of those out as a special bonus bit. Brilliant. We will see you tomorrow see for you another tomorrow. date fight. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining us. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.